0: All right, here we go with Baldry's Beat. Keith Baldry, Legislative Bureau Chief for Global News. Good morning, Keith. Good morning. So I know you are listening to the conversation mm-hmm. we just had here on this uh, metro housing market. A lot of people turning to their mom and dad for yep. help. It's a difficult situation. You've just written a, a column about the housing pressures here, especially when it comes to our growing population, right? Yeah, so our
1: population growth is phenomenal, and it will continue to be. So largely because the federal government is um, as part of a policy opening the floodgates to immigration to help with um, uh, a perceived shortage of jobs and skills. So half a million people a year. B.C.'s population last year grew by about 150,000. 95% of those people are moving into Metro Vancouver, the Okanagan, largely Kelowna area, and the capital region. That guarantees continued pressure on the housing market, And your your guest, the realtor, pointed out there's a supply problem. We can't build housing fast enough to meet with this phenomenal growth in our population. BC's population a few years, just three years ago, was five point one million. It's now five point four million. That's three hundred thousand people more um, who need housing. So it's not only the housing market in terms of purchasing, but rent as well. I saw an ad on Twitter, a mansion or sort of a luxury house in Vancouver, six thousand dollars a month rent. For three bedrooms, <laughs> yeah. $6,000 a month or 5995 yeah. a month. I mean, very few people can afford that. But again, the point is it, you talk about um, it's misleading for to read stories about the Canadian housing market. There is no Canadian housing market. There is a very local housing market. There's a Metro Vancouver housing market, which is far different than Fort St. John or Saskatoon or Calgary. You and I were talking off air about a uh, work colleague who might trying to find a $700,000 condo in Metro, could get the same condo for two hundred and or 300000 in Calgary. So sure, in yeah. Vastly different markets. Incredible. And again, our market is being driven and will continue to be driven by this phenomenal population growth, which is going to have a huge impact on housing but on health care as well. You, you Right now, we're filled with stories about wait times and ERs and shortages of of staff and such. Well, schools, that's just, schools too. Schools, particularly in places like Surrey, Langley, yeah. high growth areas. As yeah. soon as you open a school, it's oversubscribed. You have yeah. to you have to put portables on there. Uh, so our population growth, and this is why you got the Western Premiers meeting today mm. in Whistler. I guarantee, as my rule of thumb, you put a bunch of premiers together. The first thing you're going to do is ask Ottawa for more money. Yeah, and they're going to ask Ottawa for more money when it comes to infrastructure and and healthcare and such. But one of the things they're going to be looking at, I think, uh, down the road is more pressure on Ottawa to, if you're going to increase immigration at those those levels, you've got to ante up as well to pay for the services increase that that population demand will be driving.
0: Okay, we do have an invitation out to Sean Fraser. He's the federal immigration minister, and we're hoping to have, hopefully, maybe this week, but hopefully we get him on soon. Let's talk about the number of municipalities that are now passing laws against public drug consumption ever since the province decriminalized drug possession. So the latest municipality to do it, Port Coquitlam, they're passing, they're introduced a bylaw, Mm -hmm. no public drug consumption in parks, playgrounds on city sidewalks. Here's POCO mayor Brad West on yesterday's show. I'm sorry. You can have all the compassion in the world, but, it's not acceptable to have that sort of activity happening in children's playgrounds. It's just not. I mean, it's pretty simple, I think. Uh, And so we're going to take that step in Port Coquitlam. I suspect other cities throughout Metro Vancouver are also going to look at it.
1: Your thoughts? Well, we're waiting to hear from uh, the provincial government what they're going to do. David Eby promised some action on this front. He said he he was sympathetic with municipalities who were... Uh, expressing concern about this and said they would do something about it. Well, the House is not in session, not going to sit again until October, not sure whether a provincial law is needed or whether they can do something through regulation, through a cabinet order. But we're still waiting to see what the province is going to do here. So Brad West and Poco, the latest, and I think there's going to be more.
0: You going to be more in Metro Vancouver, past similar bylaws? I think so.
1: Yeah. I think so. Um, this is uh, the, one of the unintended consequences of decriminalization. In fact, the whole decriminalization initiative I think is going to undergo some changes. And EB and his colleagues have signaled this. He now calls it an experiment, yeah. which really wasn't the language that was used at the beginning. It was just seen as the answer to things. Yeah. And I think there's some second thoughts associated with this.
0: Okay, we continue to follow that one very closely. Speaking of David Eby, uh, he had an interesting exchange with reporters yesterday about these Mm by-election results, and we talked about this on the show yesterday. So the NDP won two by-elections. Now, they were expected to win both of those because they're safe NDP seats. But the interesting thing here was the collapse of support for the B.C. United Party, formerly the B.C. Liberal Party, the rise of the B.C. Conservative Party... Maybe stealing votes. I mean, that's this has got to be wonderful news for the NDP,
1: which sets the stage for an early election, right? Which so was the question put to Eby: He was asked
0: yesterday, "Would, would you, yeah, would you call a snap election here? Take advantage of this?" Here's what he had to say:
2: "I'm not uh, interested in an early election. Uh, we won't be calling an early election. We're going to go to the fixed date uh, election, and the reason for that is uh, our province faces some big challenges. And uh, and again, I I was out on the streets with uh, with Joan." Uh, with Ravi, uh, we talked to a lot of people. Uh, not one person said, uh, "I really hope you call a general election soon."
1: <laughs> yeah, I time. think you can take that to the bank. I've never thought he was going to call an early election. I think that was a very definitive statement that would be thrown back at him. Were he to call an early election, yeah. one of the arguments I've heard from from the pro early call is, "Oh, you know, catch BC United while they're weak, they're disorganized, the brand isn't known." If you wait till uh, cover 2024, it gives them more time to define themselves with the public. Yeah. The counter argument to that is what we saw on Saturday in Langford, 20 percent for the BC Conservatives. So an extended period of time would allow them to grow their brand and their support. That would come almost a hundred percent at the expense of the BC. They don't United want them Party. to
0: grow. They don't want the uh, David E. B. doesn't want the Conservative Party to grow too much. He just, he just wants them to grow enough to to, wants to, to steal be, steal support from the BC United.
1: The BC Conservatives haven't been a factor in BC elections for decades. Have they
0: ever, when was the last time they elected an MLA? They
1: elected one in a by-election in 1978 in Oak oh, Bay. Oh, oh, wow. Dick Stevens lasted okay. just a, a, a year or two and then was vanquished in the 79, yeah. uh, lasted less than a year and was vanquished in the 79 election. They haven't really been a force in BC politics until, since World War II when they're part of a coalition government. So this is uh, an, an old party for sure. And it's a, it's a, an established brand. People know what they're getting when they vote for conservative.
0: Sure.
1: Um, BC United, what is that? Yeah. People don't know what that is. Yeah. And that's the challenge for that party. But um, I think uh, EB wants to wait also because he just wants to do things and, and it's more fun being in government than it is in opposition. Yeah. Why have an early call? And I think waiting to 2024 gives the, a chance for the Conservatives to grow. It also gives a chance for BC United to sort of get known with people because right now
0: people, again, the old joke is so the, the soccer team. So he said, you heard him say there, we, we'll stick with the, the fixed election calendar, mm-hmm. which would, when would the election be? October
1: in 19th, 2024.
0: Okay, so that's when we can and expect the next election. Precisely. All right, uh, real quickly, Donald Trump, so under indictment on the documents uh, case and still riding high in the polls though for the Republican nomination for president. And here is Trump talking about the indictment against him. Listen to how he frames this and listen to the reaction of his supporters here.
2: Every time the radical left Democrats, Marxists, communists and fascists indict me I consider it a great badge of courage. I'm being indicted for you and I believe the U is more than 200 million people that love our country. They're out there, and they love our
0: country. Okay. Okay, I'm being indicted for you. So taking one for the MAGA team here, and you can hear supporters lap it up. They love it. Well,
2: of
1: course they will. I mean, it is It is. Uh, you're not going to see much of a bleed-off of support internally in the Republican Party for Trump, although Chris Christie is trying his darndest
0: to do this. Well, he's, let's listen to what yeah, he had to he, say. He's... Let's listen to Christie here, the former New Jersey governor challenging Trump for the nomination. Let's listen.
1: This guy offered me White House Chief of Staff and then's a podcast yesterday saying he never trusted me. Well, what does that make him, a liar or an idiot? It's one or the other, because if you offer me Chief of Staff and you never trusted me, then you're an idiot. And if you did trust me enough to offer me Chief of Staff, then you're a liar. Either way, I don't think that's the kind of person we want behind the desk in the Oval Office.
0: Okay, so the gloves are off with Christie going after Trump here, but it doesn't seem to be re- resulting in a big groundswell of support for him, though. No,
1: um, not yet. We'll see. The Republican yeah. Party's uh, in disarray, but there is this cluster around Trump that's just not going away. I mean, the more he's indicted, the more support uh, yeah. he has amongst these people. I mean, there is a group of people in the Republican Party who view this as a, some sort of conspiracy to yes, take, the take the out deep their state. guy. Deep deep the deep state. Deep state, yeah. Uh, Christie, I don't think he has any any choice but to, to come off with the gloves off he's got to take him on he's got to use strong language he has to sort of get the attention of people and convince them that Trump is a disaster waiting to happen and that he's unelectable as president yeah. so it's gonna be a really nasty primary season yeah okay phone looking me, forward
2: to it
0: let's go right to your phone calls Corey and Burnaby hi Corey go ahead
2: oh hey guys how you doing uh, just very quickly here I was over on the island last week um uh, for the first time in a long time it was abs- I went to visit a friend in Souk and the whole region it was absolutely mind blowing uh one minute you're driving down a country road and then the next minute you're like driving in Los Angeles yeah it's just unreal so i came home to burnaby on sunday night i'd had a couple of beers and i had an epiphany that i was going to move to the island a uh, rental yeah and my idea was to maybe get some ramshackle old house in
0: Saanich, <laughs> yeah. out in the boonies. Okay. I know you know the punchline here. Um, not going to happen. <laughs> no, I mean, it's expensive as hell out no, there, too. the capital too.
1: region is no different than metro. I mean, it's slightly cheaper, but yeah, not really. Yeah, slightly.
0: It's not, it's not affordable.
1: No. Uh, you mentioned Souk. Out in the, you know... Maybe you could get something out there. Maybe out there, but even out there is pretty expensive. Yeah. You know? And when you say the boonies of Saanich, Sanich ain't the boonies anymore. No, no, that Saanich is,
0: is expensive. Yeah. Um, it's beautiful, like you said, but...
1: No, the capital is a very desirable place to relocate, and we've had a number of people sell their $3 million homes in Metro and relocate here. I've got yeah. some neighbors who've done that, but... Yeah. That's happening with less frequency because the home's in the capital. You sell you a $3 million home, you can buy maybe a $2.5 million home.
0: And population is increasing rapidly in the capital, too. Like I say,
1: 150,000 people a year in B.C., 95% in Metro, the capital, and
0: the Okanagan. Yeah. Rick and Delta. Hi, Rick. Go ahead. Uh, well, you talk about
2: unintended consequences with respect to the drug situation. But, you know, it's the same thing with housing. My uh, my MLA, Rabbi Kalon, the housing minister, they bring in this no uh, rental restrictions. And now I, I know two young people that are looking to bust the nest, move into their first place. And they're competing with investors that are writing uh, all cash uh, subject free offers. And they're just they can't they can't compete with that. Mm-hmm. You know, and then you have Ravi Kalon again, who's on uh, NW saying, yep, we've got to make housing more affordable to keep our young people from moving away. Well, they've just knackered them.
0: Yeah, because, and, uh, okay, it, so you're saying that because the government said you're not, you, every condo, every strata unit must be available to rent out. If the owner wants to rent it out, you're saying that makes these condos more afford, more attractive to investors.
2: Absolutely, right. yeah, and, yeah. and they're, they're coming in all cash, subject-free, over-asking, yeah. and uh, it's leaving those uh, first-time buyers that actually want to live there, young people, they're ready to bust out of the nest yeah. uh, and get a start, and uh, it's leaving them in the dust. They can't compete with that uh, all-cash, subject-free offer. Thank
1: you, Rick. Yeah, I'm not sure, that, well, I know that doesn't happen everywhere, because I know young people who have bought into the condo market, and weren't faced with that, however... He raises a good point, and you recall the legislation was brought in last November. Yeah, very quickly. You know, the very minimal debate on it. Already amended in the next session in in the spring, and I I would expect this ongoing amendments to this to legislation affecting housing condos and such as these problems pop up that were again unintended consequences. I think there's going to be some amendments and changes to legislation to deal with some of these things, as the caller just pointed out. Um, Maybe there's an amendment to to address that particular issue. I wouldn't be surprised if that happens at all.
0: Okay, we'll be talking about this uh, later on the show in more detail, by the way, so make sure you keep it locked here for the whole show. Brian in Coquitlam. Hi, Brian, go ahead.
2: Hey, Mike. Brad is my mayor. I love him to death, but this is one of the few times he's disappointed me because there's no way you can enforce these laws. They're just a waste of time. When drugs were not... uh, 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 Decriminalized, people still did them in the parks. They're completely illegal to use in public. Now it's decriminalized. They're still using them in parks, and even after these laws are passed, these bylaws, they'll still use them in parks. I just don't see the point. It's a waste of time. And on okay. the uh, housing side of things, forty-year-olds, I'm forty. We still can't buy houses either. It's not just young people.
0: Oh yeah, and it's unaffordable for a lot of people. Anyway, your thoughts? Well, yeah, it's not just
1: unaffordable for for young people for sure. Um, in terms of, he
0: raises a good point about
1: enforcement. Who's going to enforce some of these bylaws? Is it, is it reasonable to expect um, city bylaw officers to enforce the situation, which in what some place instances could be a, a kind of a dangerous situation when you're dealing with someone who may have some issues, not just with drug use, but mental health issues and such. And he's right. I mean, even before decriminalization, there was drug use in parks. But I think the argument is that decriminalizing has, it has expanded the number of instances of people using drugs in public
0: space. Well, I asked Brad West yesterday who would enforce this by law no public drug use and he said well we do have bylaw enforcement officers but he also said the police have authority to enforce these local bylaws. So yeah. he said the, you know the RCMP they have the RCMP in Poco
1: and so. they had the authority before and the R- and Poco council is not going to tell the RCMP what to do. Mm-hmm. You know, they don't take direction like that. So it's tough to get the police necessarily. You look at Nanaimo, the RCMP are not going into that homeless yeah. uh, sh- uh, camp there, despite what the council wants Good to point. see done.
0: 911? 911. What's your emergency? Ah, I'm on a cruise ship! Ah, there was an explosion! Oh my god, the ship is sinking! I can't get out! There's water everywhere! We're going down! I've got a lock on your location, stay so with me. Hovering! Hovering!